This is Transforming Learning. In the TL Podcast, we share conversations with teachers about classroom strategies that elevate teaching and learning. If you hear a helpful idea, let us know by sharing the episode or leaving a review on iTunes. We are at CBD Consulting on social media. And don't hesitate to connect with us directly or browse our other resources at cbdconsulting.com slash elevateedu. From everyone here at Communications by Design, we hope you enjoy. I can be exhausted or, you know, kind of done for the day and then something will, oh, you know, I need to look at that thing for Harry Potter and two hours will go by because I, I love it so much that yeah. it doesn't feel like work to me. And you will not for a moment doubt the truth in those words when you hear Bridget share how teaching her passions has vitalized her. For episode 47, Pete talks with East Grand Rapids fifth grade teacher Bridget Reith about perhaps the most in-depth and comprehensive literature experience ever held by a school district. You might just glean profound ideas of your own, but don't miss Bridget's passion as she shares and the clear message that all teachers deserve to be this excited about what they do. Here's Pete. I am here with Bridget Reith. Bridget, thanks for coming on the podcast. Thanks for having me. I'm excited to be here. So Bridget, before we get to your kind of big example that we want to highlight today, kind of wanted to take a moment to kind of frame the problem that at least one of the problems that your example will directly address and that is that of, of teacher retention and teachers working in isolation a couple of relevant statistics here we we know just about every year in the United States about 1 in 12 teachers leave the profession and this is heightened uh, when you look at teachers that have been teaching five years or less. It's about one in five at that point. It's also heightened in areas of need, urban areas, rural areas, and that. And so we talk a lot about in education, how do we keep people in the field? And these are people that are, you know, have been trained in teacher prep programs. They've got a job, they've got a match with the district, and they leave the profession. And so you and I have been talking about incorporating your passions as a teacher. Mm -hmm. And I think you've just got an amazing example of how you've done that. And so take it away, Bridget. What's what's your example and how have you incorporated your passions? Yeah, so I, my big passion is literacy. And as a piece of that, I've always been a huge Harry Potter fan. Um, fortunately- Me too. I, yeah, a lot of people are. Yeah. Um, so fortunately, I have a colleague who also feels that way. And um, sometime, um, actually even before I came back into teaching, he started doing um, read-alouds one day a week during lunch um, with, a, with another teacher. And um, Chris Kenward is my colleague's name. He's a phenomenal social worker and human being. And he does all of the voices for Harry Potter. And then he, this other teacher would read the narrative part. And so um, when I came back to teaching, um, he was splitting his time between two different buildings. He had just started in the same building that I was in the same year that I started. And he said, you know, I'd kind of like to start reading Harry Potter here. And I said, I'm all over that. You know, I would do that in a heartbeat. Yeah. So it started with us just reading one day a week. So every Friday we have Harry Potter Club. The kids have to be third grade or older. They have to agree that they're bringing their lunches in and we are there just to, to share the read aloud. So we'd been doing that for a, a couple of years and we used to at, at 
uh, right before the holiday break, we would do something called the Yule Ball. And it was basically just one of our sessions. We'd throw out some invitations or some notices beforehand. Kids were invited to bring a treat. And if they wanted to dress in costume or bring their wands or whatever, they could. But it was just the lunch bell rang. They came down. We did the lunchtime thing. And then when the lunch bell rang, it was over. So we'd done that a couple of years. And then we heard that there was a Harry Potter club starting at the high school. And we have a district. I teach in East Grand Rapids. The district is pretty close geographically together. And we thought, I wonder what else we could do. So Chris was reading at two buildings. We heard about this presence in the high school. And we thought, I wonder if we could have this Yule Ball thing turn into what we call an interscholastic Yule Ball. So kind of modeled after the Goblet of Fire and how the schools come together for the competition. Uh, So that first year, we put out invitations to all three of our elementary schools. We recruited the high school Harry Potter Club. We thought, well, they can be, you know, kind of the leaders for the younger kids. And they jumped right on board and they were excited about it and brought, brought in their energy, which was great. We approached just the two PTOs that we had direct contact with and we asked them for $50 each. So they both said yes. We had a $100 budget. Um, we spent a lot more than $100 and really Chris and I just covered the rest of it out of pocket. Um, and again, we weren't sure how many kids would come and we ended up having 80 kids show up. Wow. So it was we just kind of stood there looking at each other going, I, th- I think we have something here. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And so that was in 2014. And uh, we've done it every year since. And this most recent one, we, we now have a budget of over $1,400 that have been pledged just through the PTOs. We've written ad- additional grants for some special things that we wanted to add to it. Um, we have... Uh, we had over 300 kids come this last year. We had wow. 30 high school helpers, um, at least that many adult helpers. We ended up reaching out to the community a couple of years ago, and that has slowly developed. So now we have businesses in East Grand Rapids that are offering, um, they'll offer Harry Potter-based specials for the day, or they've, they've sort of jumped on board by donating some items to the to the fest. It's just, it's gotten just crazy wonderfully big. Mm. Bridget, paint. Paint a picture for us a little bit on the actual event. Mm -hmm. Let's start there and then let's back up to how you make that happen. So when you show up, we, we have it at the high school. We actually started and I think we had one room we had the cafeteria and i think we used the gym part of the gym we now have taken over uh, like a quarter of the building for all the activities that go on so as a student if you if you showed up first of all one of our art teachers built a uh, like a a giant hogwarts express model that pumps steam and everything so that sits outside the doorway and then you come in and you come through registration and everything is completely decorated then throughout the course of the evening now we've got um classes and um opportunities for kids to do crafts. Um, John Ball Zoo actually comes now. They do a care of magical creatures, so they'll walk around all night with um, a snake and an owl and a rat and a toad or different things that would fit in with Harry Potter. That was part of our budgeting when we were able to kind of get a bigger budget and pay for them to come in. We have the Grand Valley Grindylows, which is uh, our local Quidditch team. They actually run Quidditch practice and games in the gym. So kids will cycle through like every 20 to 30 minutes. There's a new class that goes in. Wait a minute, wait a minute. Grand Valley. Yeah. Grindelows? Grindelows. Grindelows. The Grindelows. And so this is a club at GSU? Yeah, yeah. Oh my yeah, God. they actually go around the country and play Quidditch. So um, there's, I don't, there's an actual thing, Quidditch. I wish that would have been around when I was in college. I would have done that in a heartbeat. (laughs) Yeah, so the Grindylows are there. Um, We have lots of teachers that will um, volunteer to teach a class. So one of our middle school science teachers does this amazing potions class where he's sort of having chemical reactions happen. And um, he takes, there's a small stage that he uses for that. Um, Monica 
uh, Waylon from, she's the, our youth librarian at our at our little local KDL branch there. She's been on board since the beginning as well. And she is Madame Trelawney and she does a divination course. And um, she's kind of gone from just basically kids lined up at a table to having this whole separate room that's all decorated like it's the divination tower. And uh, uh, we've got a teacher that teaches a charms class wow. and she dresses as um, Goldie from Fantastic Beasts. So we're kind of yeah. bringing in some yeah. of the newer um, pieces of it now too. We do have Grand Rapids Limousine brings in um, the trolleys and they, the kids can take a night bus ride through town. Well, it sounds, you know, at the, at the very least, uh, an amazingly fun event, but I suspect there are some other outcomes that you and the students get from this. So could you talk a little bit about, let's start with the students. Mm-hmm. What are some of the things you see from them Maybe both that, that that attend the Yule Ball, but also that attend just the the, the club, the mm-hmm. reading club. Yeah, each week. yeah, that's been a huge benefit. Um, I teach fifth grade, and so we have third, fourth, and fifth graders that are invited to come. And I have noticed, well, just today or yesterday, we got our class lists, and as I'm looking down these lists of kids, that I I'm going, oh, that kid comes to Harry Potter, or, oh, mm. that kid, and so uh, you'll have them in even in third or fourth grade, they will start connecting with you, and you know, oh, I hope that you're my teacher in fifth grade. Well, I'm going to be your social studies teacher no matter what. Yeah. Um, kids do walk. In, the kids who have been involved in that walk into my classroom at the beginning of the year with a familiarity that some of the other kids don't necessarily have so so that's been a really nice connector we often find too that um our kids that tend to be outliers are the ones that show up for the harry potter readings which is a huge advantage of building that relationship also they have a relationship with the other kids in the room that they might not necessarily easily be able to strike up on Mm -hmm. their own but there's kind of a, a a social grease or something that happens there you know like oh we know each other because every friday we eat lunch together and we we have this shared literacy experience where we all you know we gasp when things happen and we cheer and yell together and um so i've loved that piece of it from a student standpoint great Mm -hmm. what about for you what are some of the the benefits that you feel as a person as an educator Mm -hmm. um the biggest one is i get to spend time doing something that i'm already crazy about that i just it feeds me i just i love it and i get to to be in that excitement and passion along with both children and adults who love it too so one of the things that's been fun along with that connecting with kids is watching which adults have come in and joined the team and and the sense of play i think that we can have together about that it's it's something that i don't think happens a lot in education i think that um not that we're not necessarily creative together on a workday basis, but I don't think you get to stretch your creative muscles in quite the same way as when you do something outside of the curriculum. Yeah. What else would you like to add around this idea of, of um, incorporating our, our passions? Mm-hmm. I was thinking about one of the conversations that I had with colleagues in the middle of this last school year. There was one point when I was putting in too many hours and then working at home after those too many hours, and I just wasn't good at sort of defining my boundaries, and I was sitting with the group, and um, I was expressing this, and one of the things that somebody said, it was a colleague, Brooke Davis, who is a, just another phenomenal social worker here in Grand Rapids, and she said, well, one of the things you need to do is you need to identify what your passions are, and that's where you keep your energy, and then if there's things that you've committed yourself to or you've taken on that you don't need to do that aren't your passion, then those are the things you get rid of. Mm. And 
that conversation happened kind of in the midst of when we were working on the Yule Ball. And I thought, boy, that's a perfect example because I, I can be exhausted or you know, kind of done for the day and then something will, oh, you know, I need to look at that thing for Harry Potter and two hours will go by because I, I love it so much that yeah. it doesn't feel like work to me. Yeah. So I, I'm not suggesting that anybody needs to take on more than they need to take on. But I will say that every moment that we've worked on this has felt exciting and and I, I, it hasn't felt like a burden for me at yeah. all. It's been nothing but a lot of fun. Yeah, a lot of great takeaways here from not only teaching um, your passions, but collaboration with your colleagues, leadership skills that you're cultivating in students. Lots of great stuff here. Mm -hmm. Bridget, thanks for coming on the podcast today. Thanks, Pete. Thanks for listening to Transforming Learning by CBD. Continue the conversation with us by visiting cbdconsulting.com slash elevateedu, where you can contact our team to help brainstorm, plan, reflect, or troubleshoot your ideas and strategies. For more podcast episodes, visit anchor.fm slash cbdpodcast or subscribe to us on your favorite podcast app. Help us get the word out by leaving a review and rating on your podcast app as well as sharing on your favorite social media platform. Tag at CBD Consulting and we'll be sure to respond.